As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. I'd like to start this edition of Times Ours with two quick, just sort of PSAs. One is actually more of an apology. I'd like to apologize on behalf of Nate Taylor, on behalf of Seth Kaiser. I am Joshua Briscoe, and I'm sorry that we didn't do a podcast earlier this week because, frankly, we forgot who we were. Mm. My logic, my line of thinking was, well, let's wait, and then after the Chiefs make a few big moves, you know, after they bring in a new defensive end, after they sign a new wide receiver, Mm -hmm. then we'll do the podcast so we really have some things to talk about. Of course. But you guys very, very dutifully reminded me yesterday, hey guys, they're not going to do anything until we are mid-podcast, and so frankly, I feel like... We have let down Chiefs fans by not doing a free agency show whenever there were still players remaining on the market. So that's on us. The other thing is that as of the beginning of this recording, the Chiefs have just announced their uh, re- their retention of Andrew Wiley. Okay, yep. That's the last piece of, in- of information that we have. Anything else that broke between that tweet and when now, you're listening to this podcast. And right now. We didn't know about. Which is going to include something for sure. It might just be that, you know, Melvin Ingram signs with the Ravens because Darius Smith unsigned with the Ravens or whatever. But with that being said, there is our precursor. I hope this episode is relevant at least until you've hit play. Sorry for not doing an episode earlier. The moves will begin coming right now. It's it's a wonderful time to be back. Um, I think... I want to say on behalf of me, <laughs> Nate Taylor, um, look, man, this has been one of the more um, strange free agencies to get a handle on. Like, I don't I don't feel like I have a sense of like, I mean, just to know that everybody was floored yesterday. And I mean, genuinely floored with Von Miller picking the bills. Um, it just sort of reminded to me that like, Everything that's happened to this point, um, it's it's just been tough to get a real sense. And so uh, I know the Chiefs are dealing with their own things, which we're going to get into. Um, I'm sorry that, like, they haven't traded for anybody yet. But <laughs> did you really want us? I, I Like, by the way, logistically, can't we can't do it on Monday or Tuesday because there's too much 
flying around before technically free agency starts on Wednesday at three o'clock central time. So we could have done it, I guess yesterday fellas, but like we had sort of circled this day cause there's, there's enough to go on. We obviously know that you're panicking. I get it. I, I look, I know you, you, you are in full on panic mode. Okay. <laughs> All of a sudden you done forgot that Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. The Andy Reid's the coach that Chris Jones still exists. Uh, look, you've, you've forgotten all those things because dudes are holding jerseys next to new backdrops. I get it, all right? Like, or they're wearing suits matching their new colors. I mean, just... Oh, thank you, Carson Wentz. Just thank you. Just thank you. Thank you! Somebody oh. said in that introductory picture of his that he looked like every shade... That whole picture was every shade of a hot dog. It was the ketchup, the mustard, Carson Wentz himself. Oh. Just, I mean, in one day's time, he was like, well, if you're going to lean in, we better lean in all the way, don't we? Um, So, look, I understand you're panicked. I know that, like, they, uh, Seth, do they hand out imaginary AFC West banners on March 16th? Do they do, they, they do that? They do not. Josh, do they, do they say on a, platform known as television that <laughs> that the chiefs are no longer the favorites in the fc west do they do that on march yeah they actually do i'm they sorry do actually, I'm, I yeah, they do. <laughs> so so look i know you're, you're panicked so let's just dive in let's just take this real slow <laughs> and understand <laughs> that um as a reporter i got a good handle on this y'all and I feel like teams are having trouble getting a handle on this. Um, and so that has led to less action. I guess that benefits the team you root for. I'm sorry. It's only technically day two of free agency. Seth, you literally went to the newsletter to talk people through it. Talk people through it here. Talk to me, Seth. Hey, all right. Nate said to take it slow and dive in. I'm going to take half of his advice and just mm. dive in. Okay. The Chiefs are definitively worse right now than they were when the season ended. Yeah. Definitively. And it's not particularly close. No, they have like 25 players under contract right now. So (laughs) I think that's an exaggeration, but barely. Like if I were going to like – the Chiefs' defense was a problem last year at times. Now at times it was a strength. But the dude that came around that helped with that, he's gone. Mm-hmm. For now, for now, for now, for now, for now. Yeah, he's I, not. He's not gone. He's not here. He's I'm not just, here. I'm just saying it's still a possibility. As of it's still as a of possibility. Right now. Yes, but I just, I just, I would just say this: Ingram, Ward, and Matthew were three bright spots on the defense last year, with varying opinions on how bright each one was. But all of them were plus players, right? None of them are here right now. Now. Matthew was replaced by a guy that I'm really excited about. I wrote, I watched five games of Justin Reed, stayed up to like 3.30 in the morning. It was like a blast from the past. Remembered why I enjoy doing this and also hate it simultaneously. Um, I'm excited about Justin Reed. So, but you, you do still have that situation where you've lost three of your plus players and you've done nothing so far to upgrade on the problems last year. The, the, the pass rush from the edge besides Ingram. And that includes Frank Clark, who was a problem last year for the Chiefs most games. 
There was a stretch of three or four games he played really well. And that was great. And the pass rush looked great. Because with three guys, you're like, yes, now we're cooking with gas. But three games or four games is not the majority of the season. <laughs> so you you haven't figured that out. Don't have another interior pass rusher. Haven't upgraded that third linebacker spot that was a problem last year. Haven't figured out how to upgrade the problem at third safety that was last year. And you've lost your best, most consistent cover corner. That's less than ideal, especially when you watch. And again, this is you, you are everything Nate just said. Nate, everything you just said is absolutely 100% correct. And that's why I wrote about both sides of this. Like there's, there's reasons to worry and there's reasons to calm down. I'm sticking, normally I'm the optimist, right? Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty optimistic-y. That's not a word. <laughs> I think optimistic is the, the actual word. There. No, I like optimistic-y. Put it, put yeah, it down. Think, put it I on the board. You, I think you are optimistic-y. I think that's like, that's a word that you trademark and you have on some merch in a few years. Yeah, I, I could see that. But for me, I think what's frustrating this year is for me at least, and this is the problem with like getting hung up on certain draft prospects or certain free agents, or it's fan fiction. We are creating, someone phrased that once, like, you know what I mean? Like mock drafts are fan fiction for jocks, like some version of that. And I was like, that is the most true thing I've ever heard in my and life. And then, <laughs> when <laughs> everyone was surprised, the hero the team needed <laughs> slid and kept sliding. And slid some more into the beloved arms of the Philadelphia Eagles. Are you aroused? Okay. Oh gosh. Oh, by the way, as we yeah, as we as we do this right now, Deshaun Watson is expected to waive his no trade clause and join the Falcons. Uh, I saw that somewhere from an account that had 7,000 followers, and you just went ahead and went with it. So, Godspeed there, Seth. I Godspeed. hope that's true by the time yeah, this we'll podcast right. goes up. It is, it is a blue check. Yeah, and that means that no blue check mark verified accounts ever not told the truth. Um, here's something from an actual reporter. Oh, okay. Uh, Jeremy Fowler <laughs> does say that Damian Wilson signing with the Panthers, I'd let that go, except for he says the Chiefs had an interest in bringing Wilson back after he had a career year in Jacksonville. It's because he can play, man. Okay, that, so that brings me back. I, I'll, I'll Eli land Apple this. back to Cincinnati. Oh, <laughs> it's happening, good. kids. We've done good. it. Good for you, Eli. <laughs> um, oh man, four million dollars. That guy got dunked on by more people after the Super Bowl than I have ever seen, and that's saying something. Um, anyway, I'm gonna land this plane that I started to land. You basically have... You pulled up to to t say that an account with 7,000 followers said that uh, Deshaun Watson in Atlanta was, was officially yeah. happening. Man, I'm just saying. Nate, when did Josh become a number of followers snob? He got over 15,000 and it's like... Because I... Seth, got a little here's why. For... Here's why. Here's why. It's because I saw this right at the beginning of the show and then I clicked through to this person's account and then clicked on the, uh, the account of the thing he's apparently a chief operations officer of. And I'm just... It it just is, feels it felt a little sketchy to me. That's all. I just I just was trying to do some hashtag uh, Twitter research. You're a snob. Um, <laughs> by the, by the no, way, by the way, I could how, be wrong. By the way, how you how you release a man and then say you go work out a, re, a reunion? Come on now, <laughs> what are we doing? Come on, come on, come on. They playing you for a sucker, dog. Like, no, come on. That's not a bad thing. Although, really, teams right now, there's a lot of mind changing going on that I really want to talk about. But first, the reason why Chiefs fans should be on the ledge. I I don't... 
this is the first year that I've really felt like there was a really clear multiple paths to fixing the specific issues that they had that resulted that 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 had them struggling with consistency last year. Because I, I'm not talking like when people have, oh, you know, the AFC Championship game, this, that, and everything. Patrick Mahomes played one of the worst halves of his career, and the Bengals still needed overtime. I'm not worried about the AFC Championship. I'm really not. That's a bummer. It bothers me, but I've moved past that. What bothers me more is there were there were cracks in the foundation that showed throughout the season. And they came to the forefront in terms of consistency, especially on defense, but also on offense. And this felt like a year where like you had like defined weaknesses and paths to do it. And those paths feel like they've shrunk to like, now there's like three paths, you know, where there were like 20. And one of those paths now is like, well, crush the draft. Well, yes, that's a great plan every year. Um, But it's not a sustainable one. And so I'm totally with you, Nate. I'm trying not to panic because we're one day into it. Because that's the other thing. This time last year, let me just remind people, this time last year, I was not quoting accounts of 7,000 followers as though it was a fact. But what I was doing, what the Chiefs were doing at the time, they had, at this point last year, they had signed Joe Tooney, Blake Bell, Kyle Long. And that was it. That's all that had happened. They didn't have a center. They didn't have a right guard. I mean, unless you thought Kyle Long was going to be it. They didn't have tackles, guys. They did not have an offensive line at this time last year. And they were able to do a bunch of stuff to address... I would say the biggest issue of a position group that any contending team had at that point last year was the fact that Chiefs did not have an offensive line, like, at all. And they fixed it. So it's not not doable. There's a lot of aggressive moves they could make. But it's I think the reason people are so frustrating is you see what at least appear to be some obvious moves, especially, like, say, like, with, like, the cornerback position where you've got guys signing for lower than you thought they would, you know? Um, when, when, when Zadarius Smith signs for less than you'd think he would, when Chandler Jones contract is pretty reasonable. Now Vaughn Miller's that, that was crazy. Like that's, that they're not going to, they're not going to do that. There are these obvious paths that felt not taken. And that's frustrating for me, especially when you see those obvious paths being taken. Like the Bengals are like, oh, we need better offensive linemen. Let's go get them. The Raiders and Chargers and Broncos are like, hey, we need pass rushers. Let's go get them. Um, The Broncos, hey, we need a quarterback. Let's go get them. And the Chiefs are like, hey, we need pass rushers. And then nothing happened. And I know we're a day in. But it's just a little frustrating. What's going on, Nate? Like what, what is the, like, what do you know? Cause I, I do want to, I got a whole list of specific names we got to talk about and some things to work through and everything. Yep. But in that, in that big picture vein, like you, you know more about this than me or Seth or anyone listening, or maybe anyone who doesn't have a, a chief's logo on their polo and, and works with them in the building. Like what, what is the chiefs? You said earlier, like, you think this has been strange, strange for you. You think the teams have found this to be a strange time? Like, just, uh-huh. Where, where are we at right now? Like, what, what, has, what has made this particular free agency strange? And, and then what, what is the Chiefs' plan with well, everything Seth just said being, being tied in there? Yeah, so here's, here's like a point of reference, right? The Rams thought throughout this entire time they were getting Von Miller back. Like, mm. fully thought that. Um, at no point did the – at no point on Monday were the Browns like, we about to lose all of it. 
for just one meeting with this man. Okay? That was not the plan. But they got a little they they got a little hesitant and then they were like, "Well, let's just be over eager even though it really doesn't make sense." Um so that's been weird. Um you know, obviously I mentioned the Bills and what they've done. Uh you know, there was some understanding that like Russell Wilson going to Denver was a logical possibility. That is, we haven't done a podcast since that happened. That has occurred. Um, so now <laughs> those things are bigger. Those are bigger subplots within this whole picture. And the Chiefs are not uh, obviously in that mix. So let me bring you to like where the Chiefs are right now, as I understand it. So yes, they can move money around. Yes, they even as we were getting to like the official start date of the of the. 2022 NFL year I was trying to get information about like hey how are y'all under the cap because over the cap says y'all over the cap um (laughs) so like I was just trying my best to be like but I don't understand because like you got to move some money around but like when are all the deals coming in and like you know Frank kind of helped you but like first things first man I hate that I just used that cliche anyway Mm -hmm. uh I thought Frank Clark was gone. You thought Frank Clark was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of the league thought Frank Clark was going to be released. And my understanding was at the time coming off the combine was that like, you can stretch out the cap hit, the dead money uh, over a two year period. The chiefs have done that in previous, you know, in you know previous years under the Brett Veach administration. Um, and I thought, Hey, maybe he can get like nine to 11 million on the market elsewhere considering that pass rush is such a premium position. But because it's such a premium position, hey, let's just surprise everybody. Hey, dog, you want to come back? And I don't want to hear anybody else say that Frank Clark is not a team player. (laughs) Like, I don't want to hear it anymore. You cut it. Cut that out. Um, He likes playing in Kansas City. I knew that to be true. Um, He enjoys sort of the responsibility he has. The steps for him are, let's get the training kept healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally. Let's see Legally. This, let, let's see it all the way through. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> as you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, I left that out so that Josh could say it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just part of the part of the picture. Let's let's see you in a full year. And knowing that, as a lot of people have said on Twitter and, and obvious in other uh, places of communication, like uh, maybe maybe it won't, maybe we don't want to take that hit. And this is now, I believe, the second time that Frank has sort of restructured or you know moved some money around in his deal to help the team to some degree. Now, last year, I think uh, they just cut him a check, and it was like, "Hey, thanks, bud." Um, all this is to be said is that the Chiefs were really hoping, like a lot of teams, that Zadarius Smith was going to be released. When that happened, I think the Chiefs were really eager that that may be their best chance in terms of age, productivity, style, fit. Problem is, coming off a back injury. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. hey kids, there's a reason all these players get to the market. Even someone like Tyron Matthew, there's a reason. Because he's 30. Um... And the team that he currently 
that was that was employing him wanted a younger, more athletic version, which you'll read about on a website called theathletic.com. I think they will sign a veteran receiver as of this recording. Whomst? <laughs> sorry, I, sorry. I, I I think that they are. There's a chance for them to still get somebody in the <laughs> defensive line market. And Is now Tyson more, Jackson still out here doing it. Like now more than ever, guys. They had to get the draft right last year, and they're gonna have to get the draft right this year. That's just that's just that's just the that's just the the world that they are operating within. Um, but this is what I know as of right now, and I'm I, I just cannot wait to be surprised yet again by something that has occurred because um, I know this is somewhat tied to the Chiefs. I was told, obviously, and I, I put it on the podcast, so I don't, you know, it is what it is. But like, obviously, I, 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 is float the right word? I, I said that there was a possibility that Tyron Matthew was in that 16 to 18 range. But but that was with the understanding that he would be the first or second safety off the board, not the last. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and so again, it's been a it's been an <clears throat> odd free agency to sort of get a handle on. Whereas the last two years it was a little bit more easier because the cap was either flat or it was down and there was less teams available to make moves which is why you're seeing so many teams cut people. Um, and so it's been fascinating for the Chiefs that they've only cut one significant player, and that was Anthony Hitchens before all of this started. Right. Uh, so let's I, – I have a lot of math, and I think I can actually give people some answers on the Frank Clark stuff. Not that I'm the only one that can, but I think I've got it. I, I've been working on it. I think I've got it figured out from everything we all pieced together. So I want to come back to him. But I think the biggest story to this point, even though we've kind of started with the inaction – the, the biggest active thing the Chiefs did was sign Justin Reed, who I know, Seth, you've written about. I want to get your view on him in just a second. Um, but also then the, the report following that, Nate, you were in on this obviously very early on, that the Chiefs didn't even offer Tyron Matthew a deal, presumably this offseason. I don't know if that also implies if, you know, if they were weren't offering him anything before last well, season. That's um, correct. That's correct. My understanding is that the hope from Tyron Matthew and his representatives were that there was going to be some discussions about potential framework for an extension before training camp. He arrived at training camp on time. Obviously he's been professional throughout all of this um, in terms of the business element. Now, well, however you feel about his, his actions on social media, well, that's, that's for you. No opinion. Uh, But in terms of approaching his employer about a possible extension, um, the Chiefs just wanted to see the whole year play out. And at the time, and I think I wrote it, you know, we didn't know all the financials. We didn't know if there was going to be full stadiums. Like, the Chiefs had a viable explanation for, like, we don't really want to go into um, any terms of, like, contract talks right now. Like, let's just see, like, you're under contract for this year. Yes, it's the final year of your deal. Let's just play it out. Um, Especially knowing that, like, if Orlando Brown was good and we franchise tagged him, that complicates things. So that's what they did. And when the season ended, I think Tyron Matthew knew that he was not a priority and that the Chiefs were not going to offer him anything um anything that was anything that you could discuss. 
Like the like the conversation was not going to start with them. Um, and the Chiefs thought that there were several options, both in the draft and free agency, to where they could upgrade at the position. And I'm saying upgrade from their perspective, because that'll be a true question moving forward, at least for the 2022 season. Is Justin Reed an upgrade from Tyron Matthew? Now that will that should change in 2024, 2025, depending upon um, where both players go. But at least for this year, the Chiefs feel like they got an upgrade at the position and his name is not Tyron Matthew. And Tyron Matthew understands that and now um, needs to find the best deal for him. And as I've said in previous episodes, this is the last chance for Tyron Matthew, I think, to make a sizable um, earnings uh, with this contract, given that he's 30 and given that, um, you know, things are, it's just hard to project what any player is going to do, uh, at the non quarterback position once they get to 30 and, and older. So, uh, that's, that's the way this business works. The chiefs said everything right in their opinion. And again, that's their opinion. The chiefs will say that they never lied to Tyron Matthew, that everything they've said publicly is true that they do love this man, that they do appreciate everything he did on the field and in the community. The fact that he was a leader, the fact that he replaced Eric Berry and did it at a high level at a high level. So, um, but they never said that they said they wanted to bring him back, but they also felt like they could find a better option. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Seth, did they find a better option? MNChiefsFan.Substack.com for the answer, but also here on Times Ours. <laughs> um, I, I mean, we'll see. One never knows um, because you never know how people are going to respond in a new system. You know, Jaron Reed did not play nearly as well in Kansas City as he played the year before, right? Um, what I would say about Justin Reed, so I obviously would – what Josh is alluding to, um, I, I reviewed five games of, of Justin Reed on All-22 and found some stuff that I really like. And that was from last year, which is supposed to be his worst season by a fair amount. And you could see the lack of talent in Houston. Um, how many wins did didn't they win? Like seven or eight they, games? They won four games, I believe. They only won um, four games. Even that's remarkable. That's a, but no, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> considering that's I thought they were remarkable. Considering I thought they were going to win one or two. The, the, there was not. Hey, real quick. Sorry to cut you off again, Seth, but the guy that tweeted yes, about Deshaun Watson, it. you, you see this what? tweet? Yeah. He had a tweet from three I'm days bored. ago that said, I'm bored and about to start making up fake free agent rumors per sources. And Seth was yeah. like, good enough for me. No, th- thank you, Josh. Um, so Deshaun Watson has reportedly not made a final decision, but it, it does appear to be down to the Falcons and Saints. Back to you, Seth. Sorry for this news breaking up. The, uh, Mike Garofalo says Lyle Collins is visiting the Bengals, which is like the least surprising thing I've ever heard in my life. Garofalo. I'm going to inject sugar into you. <laughs> <laughs> I, my bit for today's episode is going to be correcting every single one of your mistakes <laughs> oh loudly. My That's my bit for today's oh, Lord show. Lord have mercy. Anyway. So, um, I'm, I'm sorry. Force one, feed you one last thing is I, I should also, I should, well, listen, I can think of worse ways to go. Um, <laughs> I will make the point real quick that it's – and Nate, you can speak to this. I, I do think I have a kind of a more mischievous energy because it is 75 degrees outside right now. And I think I might go turn on the AC in the house real quick if you want to go ahead and talk. 
Hey, you know what? That actually doesn't bother me right one bit because it is 41 degrees here in Minnesota hey. and it's beautiful out there. Yeah. So happy for you. So I looked at Justin Reed's film and and here's what I found. Um, from a physical perspective, and this ties into what Tyron Matthews' 2021 tape looks like. And I'll preface it with this, you know, only pe- the people who are in the huddle know what's going on specifically, but he looked slower. He wasn't quite as, as twitchy an athlete as he'd been in previous years. He also didn't play as physical as he'd played in previous years. Yes. Now, I, I'm not going to go completely along with the whole like, oh, he's making all these business decisions week in and week out, because I don't agree with that. But was he a physical safety except in moments that there was no other choice? <laughs> Just say it, Sam. <laughs> he, 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 he wasn't eager to throw himself into the fray. Whereas Justin Reed is like, hey, I get to hit some 300-pound guy? Sweet. And he does it, and it's hilarious. Um, he should probably actually chill every now and then. <laughs> um, but so Matthew Loki, I mean, 2021 was, was his worst year as a chief in terms of the film he put out. And there's a reason why, you know, he replied to people on Twitter saying, well, they moved me to post safety. You don't feel the need to defend yourself if you think you played well. Like, there's a reason Chris Jones isn't out here, like, constantly defending. Well, and there's also, I mean, maybe just he's not always searching up his name on Twitter. I don't know. But, man, I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, so he doesn't. Well, 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 think, well think about it. I, I, think about it from this perspective. And, I, I, and I'll, I agree with everything you're, you're saying, Seth, essentially knowing that. Um, I'm going to say that two players went through the same thing last year. And one of these players is who y'all afraid of. And that's okay. It is fine to be afraid of him. Because in the past, he's been excellent. Both Tyron Matthew and Khalil Mack played through several injuries last season. And that stuff, unfortunately, in a violent sport, catches up to you. And you could describe it as business decisions. You could also say... For both players, there is no one on the roster behind me that I trust. So I have to be on the field through a fractured thumb, through a knee situation that flared up numerous times, including before one of the most anticipated games of the regular season. He played through a head injury, i.e. a concussion, in the playoffs. Tyron Matthew played through so many things last year, and Mm -hmm. he had a slow... Yes, and he did not show the same amount of bursts that Seth, that Seth alluded to. And that's what makes this tough in terms of his market as of right now. And what player is he going to be in 2023 and 2024? Because that's ultimately what you're thinking about in free agency. Not just this upcoming year, but a lot of these deals are either two or logistically you know, three-year deals. And you may have to move on from it sooner than you... Sooner than you'd hope, now the Chiefs got a three-year deal and he played out all three years. And he needs to be praised immensely for what he did for that for the team. Like, I, yeah. I, I can't stress enough how good Tyron Matthews' contract is in the grand scheme of every other free agent signing in team history. <laughs> it ain't close, y'all. Um, <laughs> but y'all afraid of Khalil Mack, even though he went through his own version of... Mm-hmm trying to play through injuries. And those dudes are warriors in the football sense, and you credit them for being warriors. But 
the biggest thing about Khalil Mack next season is can he play effectively for the majority of a 17-game season and knowing that we now all playing 20 games, basically, if you make the playoffs and you're trying to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and the Chiefs have made their decision. The Chargers have the cap space to take on Khalil Mack. But I just want to I, I want fans to think of those two players in a very similar context, knowing that, like, it's okay to be afraid of Khalil Mack because he's really, really good at football. But can he consistently be a productive pass rusher from beginning of the season through the season and at the end of the season? And that's the same question you have to ask yourself about Tyron Matthew, whichever team takes a moderate to high risk about what he's going to be in the future. It's interesting because I think I think most of the time in these conversations, we, we spend a lot more breath talking about the, the players that your team adds and a lot less time talking about the, the players your team loses. In addition to that, though, I have seen a couple of like Steelers fans tweeting a bunch about how Tyron Matthew would like save their defense. And I'm, I've been looking at that kind of going, like, I don't know, man, like he's kind of up there. And then everything that Seth just said, like, I don't know that that, that I don't understand that hype. Well, actually I do because, you know, if Melvin Ingram resigns, we're going to have a small party here. It's like, oh yeah. I mean, Melvin Ingram, two literal Steelers last year was an afterthought slash hostage. So I do, I, I, my only point on that is, is that I think our perspective on all of these moves as, you know, you mentioned it with Khalil Mack, Nate, like the perspective you're coming from so heavily colors your opinion on every player. Mm-hmm. So if your team signs him, he's 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 at a value, or he's you know on a, on the come up or whatever. And if your team lets him go, he's a bum who's washed. That's usually how people feel, um, yeah. and that's it is complicated in terms of, of Matthew's exit because he had some really good games, and, and I think he he was playing hurt at times last year. So that all affects it because once you hit that dreaded thirty years old, you know, playing hurt. It's a virtue still, but it also makes teams say, oh, yeah, but are you going to start getting hurt all the time now and that kind of stuff? Khalil Mack is 31 years old. He is. And so I to, to circle back to Justin Reed, Reed is significantly faster than Matthew at this point. He's got better sideline to sideline speed. Um He's 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 got he's got better acceleration and better top end speed. His quickness and change of direction, I think, can be questionable at times in man coverage. So I don't think you're going to see him utilize defending slot receivers as often. Right. He did well against tight ends when I watched, but I don't think he is the guy that you're going to be throwing out there against slot receivers consistently. Now, maybe maybe in a different system, maybe he can do it. I don't know. But that's one thing that Matthew brought that was, you know, in a pinch, you bring him to cover the slot regardless of whether it's a receiver or a tight end. He's much more physical at this point, um, at least in terms of what Matthew was doing last year. And again, playing hurt, that can be a big part of it. The thing with Reed that I appreciated watching his film is that it's hard to find a guy who is a really, really, really high-level athlete, which he is, but also plays the game very physically and seems capable of doing it. You know, he arrives heavy and wraps up. And, and, and takes on blockers and tackles well, all that stuff. It's hard to find guys who can do both, like a guy who can be the single high safety one snap and then play in the box the next snap. You know what I mean? That That's hard to find. So I think Reed will be able to provide that versatility that they want. The biggest thing for him is going to be the mental side of things. What I saw was a lack of discipline at time with with his angles and misdirections. And they're going to count on him to do a lot. And so that's going to be a big thing to watch for is the mental side of stuff. And from everything I've read, he's a really smart player. 
but he definitely struggled with discipline last year. Now, some of that could be there was not a lot of talent on that Texans defense. And a lot of players, when they find themselves in that situation, you, know, you, you press because you're trying to do everything. And so I, I really like him as a signing. Um, they're just missing like four other dudes. <laughs> yeah, that help. That would help if they had more players. But yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like like other humans under contract. That'd be nice. Yeah, when 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 people within the organization are like, yeah, man, but you know the cap. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it, well, and that's that's the tough thing. Like the New Orleans Saints who were $100 million over the cap like three minutes ago, mm-hmm. are now pursuing Deshaun Watson. What picks? By the way, what picks they have that I won't? <laughs> <laughs> Houston. Oh, I mean, let's not. Look, it's football, okay? Um, can he play? Sure. So now that we've gone through that whole discussion, yep, yep, that, that's uh, the, can, yep. can he play? Well, I mean, all right, so he has a no-trade clause. Great thing to have, as Russell Wilson will tell you. You you don't want their picks. I don't want any of these teams' picks. Uh, <laughs> Houston, all of a sudden, is in a lose-lose. Because, um, you know, I love the fact that our last episode at the Combine, we put together the whole, like, how many picks would it take? Uh, in exchange for Mahomes. And then when you try to do this stuff in real life, you're just like, <laughs> I don't really want the Saints picks, though. Like, I don't. <laughs> like, I kind of yeah. don't. Like, yeah, their, their picks now, just aren't that great. Could they turn out to be a dumpster fire? Well, sure, there's always a chance of that. Um, But, like, even for this year's draft, nah. It, nah. It's just, so you want Carolina's? You know, Carolina's picks. I mean, that's that's better, I would assume, um, on first glance. But but he's uh, not going to want to go to Carolina. Like any team that that has appealing draft picks, it's going to be appealing to the team for the same reason the player is going to say, "Wait a minute, no." So like, let's so let's have Matt Ryan pack his things <laughs> and go to a lovely location called Cleveland. Let's have Cleveland pack up Baker Mayfield's things because he don't want to do nothing right now. And let's move him to Indianapolis, and let's pack up Jimmy Garoppolo's things in 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 Northern California. Would you want a four way trade? And let's send him to Pittsburgh because I can't do this to my friends. No, Whoa. no, I cannot do this. I don't want to do this. Like Pittsburgh, really, <laughs> really. Y'all better they better draft somebody just out of the sake of humanity itself. I I. So as you can see, guys, Pittsburgh did a very good job of not telling everybody that they were really high on Mitchell Trubisky, and then Mitchell Trubisky was like, "I could be a starter in Pittsburgh." <laughs> yeah, they, where they really do good, I sign? They did a really good job hiding that they love Mitch Trubisky. Like people would, like people would hide liking me in middle school. It's like they're embarrassed for other people to find out. Like, no, no, we don't. We're hiding this from everyone because we're afraid that people will know who we like. Is that again? Is that my best case? Is that my best argument? Is that my best visual aid in this court of public opinion? I can't get my hands around this, y'all, because Mitchell Trubisky could be the quarterback of the Steelers (laughs) in week one. 
It's I am I am shocked that the Steelers didn't try to get into the Deshaun Watson thing more aggressively, uh, just because it feels like going from Ben Roethlisberger to him would have made so much sense. Not you know from a quarterbacking perspective, but everything else. <sighs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Why are the Texans trading to Sean Watson, by the way? No one's mentioning what the what the motive might be there. It's really and, strange. Uh, Nate mentioned it. You were tweeting back and forth with Jordan. So. Stop. Yo, you don't you tweet shame me. I was listening. I'm making a joke. Now look, look, look. So, so here. <laughs> Chief should have drafted T. Higgins. So here. <laughs> that will always be the I argument. I agree with that. That'll See, always you, be the you argument. These, you say these things that I agree with like they hurt me. You should say no, I say, I say these things because you keep gaslighting me on the T. Higgins thing. I don't know what you're talking about. There it is again. Said the gaslighter. Unbelievable. Are you Unbelievable. sure it's not just in your head, Josh? I got to open a window and hear it starting to smell. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I know there's danger saying this because all I've been telling you guys for, you know, 35 minutes is I don't know, y'all. Um, but look, you know, um, there, there's, a, there's a lovely person on Twitter. 
their handle is NJ underscore Chiefs underscore fan. Um, he tweeted at me uh, yesterday say, talk me off the ledge, big man. And <laughs> ah, look, Zadarius Smith is not signed with a team. So you can take that gift and put it in reverse. And also, you might get to pick between Juju Smith-Schuster and who, who the other guy, Josh? I mean, are you trying to get me to say Jarvis Landry? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, why, are you, why are you hating? Why are you yeah, hating? But man, Josh, Josh, is, you're struggling today, Josh. <laughs> Do you want to do you want to say something mean about me again? That usually makes you feel <laughs> no, better. No, no, it's just it's just that I'm incredibly whelmed. I've just had a very whelming three days or whatever of all of this activity. I'm not totally underwhelmed. I'm just I'm just I whelmed. Can't, like, I can't believe me wrongfully quoting a a a troll on Twitter didn't cheer you up. <laughs> My God, what do I have to do, man? Um, call Brett no, Beach and tell him to sign Juju. I, you know, here's the interesting thing. There are moves, like, that's the funny thing. That's how I know that it, we're not too far gone here. There are there are moves they could make very easily that would, like, fill out the roster to a point to where they're not counting on draft picks to play well right out of the gate. You know? I, I could go through them, but then Josh and I are just going to fight about whether or not they should trade for Hunter because he's going to get post Frank Clark flashbacks. Well, yeah, so there's there's a couple of things on that. Like so it it sounds like the Vikings as of this recording are are most likely trying to trade Daniel Hunter, the the uh pass rusher they have in Minnesota there. He's he's been good, he's whatever. Injuries and whatnot we've talked about. He's, he's been very good and his cap number for like these next 2 years would not be crazy. But the thing that I keep getting hung back up on and it's some it's a point that I hate to give Kent credit, but that our, our mutual friend Kent Swanson, I thought made very well on Twitter yesterday and, and that I've been kind of kicking around for a couple of days now of like the idea that you would give up draft picks, one really valuable asset, right? We can have our, our qualms about exactly how much each draft pick is worth or whatever, but, but one of the most value, valuable assets you have, and then also salary cap space, the other most valuable asset that you have, the idea that you would have to use both of those things on one player, and this is something that we've all talked about here plenty, and we agree on this part at least, your margin for error there is is nearly zero. Like, you, you have to get it right because you've essentially doubled down on a hand that you think you know what you have, but you're not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. We kind of thought Frank Clark was a quote-unquote, like, known commodity, but then he gets to Kansas City and he's, he doesn't put together a year that looks like any of his better years in Seattle. And so... I thought that I, I, I'm a little surprised to see people on the Daniel Hunter train and really any sort of just like trade for someone available train because I thought that we would probably have learned that lesson from the Frank Clark deal a little bit because not only this is this is a much smaller element of it, but another thing I've just been thinking about, like not only do you have to get it right and does that player have to be like elite, basically, depending on the, the value of what you have to trade and everything, of course, but the other element of it is that if you have a, a somewhat underwhelming draft pick in the first, second, third round. At the very least, you'd like to think, now Breland Speaks wasn't this guy, so I've got, there's a counterexample right in my face, but you'd like to think that they could do something for you. If it's, if it's, you draft a guy to be a star edge, but he's just a rotational one. If Josh Kando doesn't fully develop, but, but could take 25% of the snaps in a season or more than that to keep you from having to sign a guy like Alex Okafor or whatever, 
at least you have that and a guy who's under contract on a rookie deal for several years, and you don't even have that as like a, a fallback on, on a veteran that you've traded for. So I just, I, I do have a little bit of Frank Clark PTSD on that one, and I I would like to see the Chiefs learn from that, especially after they do it with Orlando Brown last year. A little bit of a different situation. Bad injury luck and a guy that ultimately didn't cost the, the whole farm. We'll see what the salary ends up turning into, but it, it's not impossible to succeed that way, but it, it's harder than doing it with free agents and draft picks, I think. I think uh, it just depends because, you know, you're coming off the Rams Super Bowl, and so obviously they're going to be what everyone points to right now, right? You know, trading the farm for, good God, like everyone on their defense <laughs> except and, Aaron and, Donald. And now Von Miller's gone. You know, like, again, they won the Super Bowl. I we Right, and so that, that, but, that makes it tough to where it's like, and then what happened? It's like, well... I, that's true, but I mean, it's not like they're it's not like they're necessarily hurting at this point because it's not like Va- yeah, Von Miller's gone and they just signed Allen Robinson. <laughs> it's right. like right. And I don't know what they're doing to dip into there. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I do think you it's it's a complicated way of doing things and doing it the Frank Clark way, in my opinion, is something they should learn in terms of that was an absolutely all your eggs in this basket move. That mm-hmm. was a. There's no room for whatever. Like, so like say with Orlando Brown, to me, that was a little different because he wasn't on the franchise tag. He was instead in the final year of a really cheap deal. Um, And you, you traded a first round pick, the equivalent of a late first round pick for him, right? Even got a little something back, you know, all that fun stuff. So that's not like an all your eggs in one basket situation. Whereas Frank Clark, that was, what was it? A first and a second. And then they handed him like a Von Miller, they gave him more guaranteed money than Von Miller just got three years later. Right? That, that, like that. It, was, it wasn't like $60 million guaranteed? Because of because of Lawrence with Dallas. They basically, um, the, yep. the the understanding was they were going to top it, I think, by like $500,000, yeah. the, the, was- the Lawrence contract in Dallas, which had occurred like either that day or the day before. And that's, I think... Where you hurt yourself, especially like when you hand out elite money to a guy who's an elite player, I think teams rarely regret that. I think they more regret, you know, handing out elite money to okay players or handing out good money to bad players or whatever, right? I think that that's problematic. And a lot of okay players get elite money because that's how free agency works. And I think that's part of your point, Josh, in terms of the danger of going with trades and giving someone a contract. Right. And so I think where they can really hurt themselves, though, is when you combine that. I mean, you're using draft capital and you're handing out all this money. It narrows the margin of error. And I would say the Frank Clark trade in that respect was a singularly bad move um, in that but, even but, had he but, played. But, 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 but a agent will tell you if you're trading for my guy. On a franchise tag at a preview at a premium position with a first round pick. Oh, we gonna need a contract. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and that's and there's no problem with Frank doing that. But that's something you have to know as you're you doing it. Yeah, as you're yeah. doing it. And was Patrick Mahomes still on his rookie deal? Yes. And that changes everything from a roster construction in a competitive window that we've all come to know since the rookie wage scale was in effect. Absolutely. I would say one mistake they made with Clark was they doubled down by restructuring his contract and pushing dead money out later. Because 2022 could have been. Speaking of that, 
so actually, I mean, I, I want I did want to give us a second on this. Let me tell you. Let me give the the numbers here for anybody who might still be confused by this, and then you can tell me what you think of this, Seth. Um, so what the Chiefs basically do in the restructuring of Frank Clark is for about a million extra bucks, they are going to have the same cap hit they would have had this year mm-hmm. as a straight cut. Just if you, if you cut them pre-June 1st, again, a post-June 1st cut, it would have split that, that cap money. It would have been $6.8 million this year and next year against the cap, but they wouldn't have been able to use any of that money until June 1st. So wouldn't have helped for the free agency right now. So they would have cut them. They would have freed up $13.6 million. Or they would have had 13.6 dead and freed up 12.7. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it looks like they're probably going to have about twelve, about eleven and a half ish million dollars in freed up space with the with the pay cut that he took. It's a restructure is not totally accurate here because it's mm-hmm. not there wasn't much structure to work with. It was just yeah, base salary that wasn't guaranteed and a bonus that you can't move. So it it cost them about a million bucks or so in cap space this year, as opposed to cutting him outright, but. It does keep that six and a half million dollars, to my understanding, on the 2023 cap. So if they cut him next offseason, there's still a six point eight million dollar prorated bonus that would be carried over as dead money yep. next year. So yep. I, I I have basically been saying that the Chiefs are keeping Frank Clark for about a million point two bucks this year and about seven million bucks next, next year. Next year, yes. And and there's no guarantee that next year is next year. Right. Hold uh, on. Now that one. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> There's no guarantee that next year is next year. Was something so existential that even I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, he just he, he'll need, he's essentially on a one year deal, guys. Or uh, la- ladies and gentlemen, Frank Clark With a team option. Yes, uh, Frank Clark is in a contract year. Um, is, is a simple way of putting it based on the information that Josh has relayed to us. And you know, one thing that no one could have accounted for. And it, it is just unfortunate that it happened at this time in roster building 101 or 401. Um, no one, no one hands out that much money thinking, "Oh, the cap gonna go down. Oh, the cap mm-hmm. gonna be stagnant. Oh, we gonna yeah, live through was, a that was rough. We gonna live through a pandemic." Um, which is why you're seeing a lot of players get cut. Which is why a lot of people thought. Um, given their cap situation going into this new cap year, why a lot of people at the combine thought um, that Frank was going to be one of those cap casualties. So um, he's on a one-year deal. It's, you know, the Chiefs have basically made the calculation that if he's healthy, if he's uh, in a better place this year compared to last year, um, he's worth the squeeze for this for this juice that they hope to get uh in this upcoming season. That's a really that's an interesting point on on Clark when they made the move in terms of the cap space involved. When you look at the NFL cap space by year, right? It had gone up by at least 10 million dollars every season. And then 2020 happened, right? And it went down 16 million from 2020. And so had had that not happened, We'd probably be so for one thing, 2021 would have been at like 210 or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And that and that that swing right there, that's almost a 30 million swing. And what that does is the flexibility you normally have to, okay, let's 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 you know sign someone to a big front end, you know, let's put their base salary right here. Let's hide the money here. Like, right? That's that's your flexibility to play around with structure year in and year out. The teams lost that for a year, and that has consequences for several years. 
because instead you had to do a large signing bonus or you had to make their base salary 10 million bigger in 2022 or 2023, right? It just messes with the entire structure of things. So that's a really good point. I will say the lesson learned from that with Frank Clark though, you you can't put that many eggs in a basket. And so like, let's say let's say with Daniel Hunter, right? Yes, good, good, I would, good job bringing us back, yes. Right, I would never trade a first and a second rounder for Hunter. I just wouldn't do it. I think that would be crazy. I think if you can get him for something cheaper, because his his and he's also you know got two years left on his contract, mm-hmm. but like his cap hit you know next year is eight million dollars, mm-hmm. right? And there's he's got a he's got a roster bonus that if you wanted to you could convert to a signing bonus and do a few things that would make it not too complicated. He's a good player, but you still have to ask yourself, okay, how good a player is this? And at times I would I think. Maybe the mistake that you think about with Clark is you don't want to give a good player, and Clark was a a really good player, but maybe treating them like they are an elite player. You know, he's not a Bosa, right? He's not a Watt. And I think that's where you, you get into some problems there. And I think maybe the lesson learned there is those guys aren't available for trade, right? You can't get Aaron Donald for a first and a second rounder. And so maybe maybe there's a lesson to be learned there. I wouldn't say you never do it because every player is is different. But I think putting all your eggs into a basket like the Frank Clark trade, that's where that, to me, is in hindsight. You've got to have more baskets or more eggs? Which is it? More baskets? More baskets. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because you don't want to put them all in one basket. You want to spread that risk around a little bit. And I think... They could do that with Hunter, depending on what the Vikings are looking for. They they will they will wait for this man to be released. Yes, that's mm-hmm. that's a much 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 more likely outcome. And so, and that's I, awesome, I, yeah. great, yeah, sweet. <laughs> I have no issue with the Neil Hunter. It's just this, you know, the structure that we've been we've been talking about. Did you did you have a, a final send off there, Seth? I couldn't tell if you were I couldn't tell if you were ramping up or, or petering out, but I, I, I was, want to get us on a couple other things. I, I I was I was petering out. I remain I think the the tendency for fans right now and, and for people who cover the team, you just want to see something. You know what I mean? Hey Fletcher Cox Cox got released. Oh man, not Fletcher what? Cox. Excuse Fletcher me. Fletcher Cox. <laughs> <laughs> welcome Good. to, we're, welcome we're to free agency. We're all twelve. <laughs> Seth, that was I, funny. I'm not sure what the final mix of this episode is going to sound like. So today, could you email me, your, uh, email your audio file to Kent and me this week, just for no reason? I just would like to make sure I get a clean cut on that. <laughs> I, why? I have no reason. I have absolutely no reason to not trust that. Um, <laughs> if you, you know, the the conversations that we've had eating barbecue. If you were going to burn me by now, <laughs> that would be it. That would be like the. Uh, that would be the whatever in some movie reference. I got lazy there. Anyway, but what you want to see, <laughs> I couldn't think of a good burn in like a movie reference, a recorded tape. I Someone help me, guys. I'm struggling. I'm <laughs> no, out I, here on no, a you, ledge. Just no, you went up there. You, you can come back down on your own. <laughs> you guys are just down there eating chips going, hey, yeah. quit being dramatic, Seth. Come on yeah. down. Really, um. Yeah. Anyway, when free agency hits and things aren't as active as you hope, especially when you think you've got a defined set of weaknesses, then it's like, oh, well, anything becomes something you want to see, right? Like Fletcher Cox. I have no idea if signing him would be a good move, but I really want them to do it. Just, <laughs> just, now, just, just for something. Now, to be fair, 
He's an interior pass rusher. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs could use one. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not what he was three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. But is he better than what they had last year? Yes. So, you just you want to see something. And I know it's not right. But you know what, guys? I've decided to be more of a feelings-oriented person. And I feel like it should. <laughs> they should be doing more than what they're doing. Started. Starting to feel like it'd be a feelings-oriented person? <laughs> uh, so, uh, another guy whose name we haven't mentioned, I guess I think one of you mentioned his name right at the beginning of the show, but Traverius Ward <laughs> does go to San Francisco, and um, Seth, I know it makes you sad. Nate, I'm guessing you're going to tell us that the Chiefs were not seriously trying to retain him around that number. Tell me if I'm wrong. Let me let me, let me me give you some uh, journalism on background. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> they won the trade, and... They will move on. Um, so look, I I wrote last week uh, something to the effect of like, hey, what happens if Tyron Matthew and Traverius Ward walk? And at the time of that writing, no. it was pretty clear. Now look, for purposes of, um, look, I have no control, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just say that, okay? Like as a reporter, I have no control. I, I try to understand everything that um, that is going on surrounding the team. The thought process at that time was that the Chiefs had not had any communication with Traverius Ward. Therefore, uh, I wrote that it seemed like it was a large possibility that both players would not be returning. Um, that is now the case, um, especially with Justin Reed signing. Uh, look, $14 million a year, um, it's... It, from a human element, it makes me really happy. Um, yeah. Because the San Francisco 49ers signed a number two cornerback for one and a half dollars. Um, and that's free agency. And as I wrote in the athletic, I think Traverius over the course of his four years in Kansas city earned somewhere like $5 million. Mm-hmm. So with one stroke of a pen, all his earnings, he is he's already won a Super Bowl. He's going to another team that will compete for a Super Bowl. Um, he goes from one good coaching staff to another good coaching staff. Like, Chavarius Ward won. And the Chiefs won. And we'll see if the 49ers win. Um, but I think... For a guy who reached free agency, um, that's those are the stories you want to those are the stories you want to hear in free agency about the player specifically. Um, someone who was not drafted, who played well, who got better, who was team oriented, and has been rewarded for not just what he did last year or two years ago or in the Super Bowl, but just the fact that like he can continue to get better um, with another team who's paying him close to being a number one corner when talent wise, he's probably a number two corner and look number two corners as Seth mentions earlier can give you bright spots on your defense. So the chiefs are, the chiefs are thrilled for Traverius war and that's how free agency works. So you ask the question, well, why did this player reach free agency based on the Chiefs' situation? He was not as much of a priority as other positions of need and they developed that player from the moment they traded for him, I believe, at the end of the 2018 training camp. 
and they can do that. They have the they have the confidence, the belief that they can do that again um, with another young player. So in the Brett Veach era, Josh, mm-hmm. I know they acquire players with not premium assets mm-hmm. <laughs> or with premium dollars. Um, and so I think the Chiefs later on in free agency may uh, sign a veteran for a reasonable deal in their eyes, um, maybe a one-year prove-it deal or one-year, hey, keep some continuity, keep some experience around. Um, could they find someone who could be the next sort of Bashad Breeland? Like, that remains to be seen. Um, but Traverius won, the Chiefs won. Like, these are the best deals in free agency because he doesn't make top-of-the-market money, but he does make money that is quite significant to a player's career who wasn't drafted. The moment you don't go drafted in this league, Everything is kind of the odds are very much stacked against you. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to play well, for him <laughs> to stay healthy, and for him to to earn uh, this contract is 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 he is to be applauded. Uh, and the 49ers really needed a cornerback, and that's how free agency works. Seth, I'm going to give you the last word, but I'm going to give you a choice here. Do you want uh, do you want to talk about Ward there a little more, or do you want to talk about uh, Andrew Wiley being back? Um, I want to talk about both. No, I'll talk about war. You honestly, you can do what you want. It's just that we're in an hour. That's up to so you. Can, <coughs> you you just you navigate how that how you'd, how you'd like. Um, Andrew Wiley beating back is a good thing. Got him on a really cheap deal. Yep. He's a guy who can back up guard and tackle, and potentially in a pinch start at right tackle. Played as well as Niang last year, so we'll see what they decide to do. I assume that means they're probably not going to make a move on a right tackle and they figure the floor is Wiley, the ceiling is Niang staying healthy and being what they think he should be. So good news, Wiley being back. Yep. Um, by the way, we've gone an hour and none of us have mentioned as Jody Fortson is coming back. We no! failed. We are just, I'm excited. Hey, hey, I'm, hey you ain't got to say it when you knew it was happening. With tra- <laughs> with, by the way, by the way, Travis Kelsey looked me in my face and was like, this is in, God, what, what was this, like December? I, I wrote a big story on Travis Kelsey during the playoffs. We had a conversation, but he was like, I've seen Jody in the rehab. He's going to be ready. He's going to be back. Like, he just told, like, he, like. That's awesome. <laughs> when a future Hall of Fame tight is like, yeah, Jody's going to be back. Uh, what reporting needs to be done? <laughs> he, you, you love, he's back. <laughs> you love to see one future Hall of Famer pay his respects to another future Hall of Famer. Yeah. He, he's a great Indubitably. Yes. yes. Indubitably. So with Charvarius Ward, that honestly, more than almost anything else, is part of the reason why I'm 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 jittery. Because obviously Ward got paid about what I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, Davis and JC Jackson got paid less than I would have expected. And to me, if you're going to lose Charvarius Ward, your best and most consistent cover corner last year, and a dude who's been a good corner for three straight years, maybe you should like replace him. And they haven't, and we'll see. So he's going to be tougher to replace than I think people realize. Is is that player Legereus Sneed? And well, that's you got to replace Legarius Sneed though, and then right. With and that, that's Finn, well, yeah, like we need Finn. three corners, and I just I, that. Hey, that's I, I told you they would. I, I told you they may sign a veteran free agent later. Later on, 
It's not. It's not going to be for the money that Javarius Ward got. They've never done that. Um, right. So that that's they'll just, sign Patrick Peterson for a nickel and then draft somebody just, in the sixth round, and they're going to have a fine a fine group of, of corners. I'm becoming a cornerback atheist. I think yeah, that they'll, they'll, they'll be fine at this point. Yeah, it's like the it. one area that it's like apparently. None of the numbers make sense, and none of us know it, anything. It, is this is this fair to say, fellas? Because I, I think I'm going to write this in the Athletic today as it relates to Jordan or excuse me, Justin Reed. Dang it! Um, sorry, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! Uh, as it relates to Justin Reed, who is the star in Steve Spagnuolo's secondary in his system? Who's oh, the, it's star? the safeties? Well, safeties, baby. Okay. Well, this then this this is how this is how stories get edited sometimes, boys and girls. I want a writing credit. You're welcome. I want to be on that byline by Nate Taylor and Josh Briscoe. The, look, the, the the stars in Steve Spagnuolo's secondary are usually the safeties. Yeah. So. That's fair. That's fair. So we'll see. And I, too, am kind of becoming at least a cornerback atheist in Spagnuolo's system with Veach finding them and this set of defensive backs coaches because it seems like they can get solid play. Out of anyone. From from the three of us. Yeah, it's just like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you give us a month, I'll, I'll coach you guys up, and we'll we'll get you out there, and you won't be a weakness. I might not be a strength, us, but you won't be a weakness. I think all three of us at this point, at least in our lives, have pretty stiff hips. I don't know that, I don't know we have fluid hips at this point, but we can, we can work on it. <laughs> uh, all right, that's it. That's, we're out of time. We'll, we'll, I think we'll do another episode probably sooner rather than later, just as soon as, you know, we're going to hit end. The Chiefs are going to sign Lael Collins and trade Tyreek Hill or whatever. Um, and then we will have something to talk about in another episode before too terribly long, I'd have to think. I, I bet I bet you're going to get a Times Ours in your in your feeds next week, if I had to guess. Does that seem reasonable, fellas? That yeah, seems fair. no, it does. It does. Well, then there's nothing left here other than to tell you uh, thanks for listening. And if you're not subscribed already, just subscribe to Times Ours wherever you get your podcast. If you like it, tell somebody about it. Tell Chiefs fan in your life that there's these fun things called podcasts, and there's one that you tolerate with three guys, one who you think is great, one who you think is okay, and one who you don't like very much. And I'm not going to say which one's which, but the first one's definitely Nate. You love Nate. And it's a coin flip. Uh, and then uh, you can uh, also get all of our work at various places. Uh, theathletic.com for Nate and at by Nate Taylor. Seth is at mnchiefsfan.substack.com or at real mnchiefsfan on Twitter. I am at JB Briscoe. And uh, you can find everything I do through that. So uh, unless Seth wants to respond to um, all of the offensive things I've said to him today, Nate can, can close us out. I will go ahead and say... Uh... We got a question for the podcast. I'm going to end it with this answer. Um, I'm not going to, I guess it could be kind of taken as a prediction, even though, again, I'll make the decisions, y'all. I'm just out here trying to report as best I can. But um, Mac Mittens, 27, my guy Duke, I think I got that right. He said, uh, he sent a question to us. Hey, you know, he would hate to be that guy, but we always hear about people wanting to come play with Mahomes and this so-called Mahomes magic, which is real, uh, in the confinement of a football field um but he's asking if if people want to play with Mahomes if that's a real thing or if it's not a real thing and my I guess answer to you as of right now is as I mentioned before with with Juju Smith-Schuster probably most prominent um the belief in Kansas City the belief in the organization is that they will probably sign a veteran receiver who quote, wants to play with Mahomes, <laughs> end quote, and then they will draft another receiver 
somewhat high in the draft. So, Duke, take that with you, and we will see how it plays out moving forward. And I cannot believe that nothing has happened since we've been recording this thing. So, uh, we tried, guys. We really, really tried. Oh, the Chiefs just signed Eddie Kinnison. What? Why? Why? Why?